Welcome to the Coastal Community Church Midweek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shayla McCormick, and I will be your host. My husband, TJ, and I are the lead pastors of Coastal Community Church, a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything is possible. In this podcast, our goal is to bring the weekend message to life and to share stories that help you along in your faith journey. Let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coastal Midweek Podcast. This is actually a bonus episode because we were in Psalm 23 series for four weeks. Four weeks? Four weeks. And we only got through three verses because that's how packed the Bible is with incredible information. And so we're going to take this bonus episode to walk through the remaining verses of Psalm 23. So we're going to go through verse 4 all the way through verse 6. And we have a special guest with us on today's podcast. We have Melissa Gott. I was actually in a group with Melissa, and we were doing some soaping through some different books of the Bible. And every time Melissa shared one of her soaps, I was just blown away with the insight that she had from God's word and the application and just kind of the word pictures that she took away from it. And so it was pretty cool. Out of that soap thing, I said to TJ, I was like, hey, you should get Melissa to help you on some of your sermons because I don't know how deep you are spiritually and she could probably help you. (laughs) (laughs) TJ wasn't. (laughs) Um, But she actually helped with a lot of the content for this last series. And so we wanted to have her as a guest on the podcast. So welcome, Melissa, to the joys of podcasting together. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Nice to be here. Good. All right. So let's jump in today. And we're going to start with verse four of Psalm 23, which what is verse four? We should have wrote that down. Melissa has it over there. Okay. (laughs) Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Mm. So what do you guys think this means? I mean, there's, there's a lot in that scripture. You, you know, it's talking about as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I think some people feel like that is the story of their life. Probably, you know, we're walking through these moments that are difficult that we don't really see on the other side of it. It almost feels like there's this constant storm in our life. Um, but then it also brings in this aspect of your rod and your staff. They comfort me, which is kind of a little bit different when you're thinking about walking through a dark valley and then a rod and a staff. Those seem like very harsh words to comfort you. Well, what's interesting about this verse is that everybody wants to be on the mountaintop in life, Mm -hmm. but a mountaintop is only a place that you can go to for a short period of time. Like there, if you think about mountaintops, uh, they're desolate, they're barren, they have a great view, Mm -hmm. but it's not actually where people live. Where everybody lives is actually down in the valley. valley. Mm -hmm. The valley is where there's green, there's growth, there's there's Mm -hmm. all those types of things. Mm -hmm. And so the majority of time in life, you're actually going to spend in the valley. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in the valley is also where your enemies are gonna be. And there's there's gonna be obstacles that are in the valley Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us to realize that we, we, we were never designed to live on the mountaintop. Those are gonna be experiences that we have, but the majority of the time we're going to be in the valley. So even though I walk through the valley, 
there is going to be a shadow. There's going to be some things that are lurking in the valley, Mm -hmm. but it is also going to be the place where I find the most sustenance. It's going to be the place where I find the most food. It's going to be the place where I get the nourishment that I need Mm -hmm. that is going to give me the ability to go to the mountaintop. Yeah. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of of death, even though I walk through difficult things, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think let's let's camp out a little bit on the rod and the staff and what does that represent? What does that what does that mean in our life when we think about a shepherd? You know, a lot of times we see a shepherd and he's carrying around the stick with the little curve on the top. And I don't know, sometimes you might just think, well, that's a walking stick. You know, he walks a lot, or you know, you're you're leading sheep everywhere. And so you have this walking stick that you go with you, but that walking stick actually has a lot of significance to it. And so what does that that rod or that staff, why your rod and your staff, they come yeah. to me, two is that things. two different things? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, so, it, what do those represent? I think the rod represents protection because it is used to fear off or to um, fend off the predators mm. from the, you know, for the, anything Feed that wants to hurt lions. the sheep, right? Yeah. The uh, lions, so tigers, and bears. like a weapon. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's the interesting part about it. You know, the the rod is actually a, a weapon that a shepherd would use to um, in close combat with an animal, but it was also when he would see an animal in the distance that could be a threat, what he would do is he would actually throw that. And it's actually this this kind of bigger of a round ball on a stick. So it looks like very different, almost like a club. And so he would throw that and they were very accurate with it. And it would, it would either hit that animal, come very close and and fend it off before it ever really became a threat Mm. to the sheep that are with the shepherd. And so I think it's shepherds had to be like Olympians. I mean, shepherds (laughs) were like a, were like a triathlete, you know, like the javelin throw, like the decathlon people. Yeah. You know, have good aim. We're kind of up on the Olympics. You had to do the, the javelin throw, you had to run, you had to, you know, Mm -hmm. do all these things. And that's exactly what they were. They were, they were a master of many trades. So the rod is this, is this protection. Yeah. And so basically the the shepherd is providing protection to the sheep when they're walking through these valleys where maybe they're open to predators and, and things that can prey on them. They have something that provides protection over the sheep that they could hurl at an animal. Correct. Because we, we talked about that, you know, sheep are scared of animals. Yeah. So they're constantly on the lookout around every crevice, around every tree, around every rock for what is going to attack me. And the primary role of a shepherd is not only to guide them, but it is to protect them. I mean, you know, it's, that's his livelihood. That's his, that's the most valuable asset that he has are those sheep. And so he's going to do everything within his power to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think the rod almost right? Re- I know it represents like that, that protection in our life, but what, what is some of that? What is a rod? Do you think that God almost uses in our life to per- provide protection? I looked at it or interpreted it as, as the Bible is our rod. Mm. Cause um, it does serve to protect us um, to, to show us, what we can use against evil. Yeah. And the thing that comes to mind is when uh, Satan came to tempt Jesus out in the wilderness, 
um, the enemy tried to deceive him and Jesus used the word of God mm. to defend himself. That's true. That's true. And we all, when we do have that in our life, that is the word of God, that is God's protection over life, things that he's spoken over our life in order to protect us from things that would try to come against us and harm us and that he's given us that tool to be able to use as a weapon. Okay, that's that's good. I like that. So the rod, the word, anything else that you guys can think of that symbolizes the rod? Crickets. Nothing. <laughs> All right, how about so rod and your staff? What about what about the staff? What is what does that represent? I think correction. He uses it when the when the sheep get off the path a little bit mm-hmm. um, to nudge. It's a nudge to keep yeah. to keep everyone together on mm-hmm. the right path, mm-hmm. and to um, to also rescue them from danger. Yeah, when the sheep would get themselves into a precarious position, it, he would hook it under one of them and and pull it back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that he does that with us. Yeah, I was <laughs> yes. going to say, and that feels a little bit like discipline and correction, but it's it's yeah. it's what brings us to safety and rescues us out of those, those moments of, of difficulty and of, you know. Right. We may not like it at the moment when that crook goes around <laughs> us and, and yanks us back, but Ouch, it is hurts. for our safety. It's for our protection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think so many of us, we, especially in the storms of life, you know, when we are in the darkest valleys, wouldn't you guys say that in your own life, sometimes in those moments, everything feels like an attack, you know, everything, whether it's for, you know, you recognize it for your protection or not. It feels like, man, can one other thing go wrong? Can one other thing, but really some of those things God is using to provide protection in our life. It just feels like, because all we can see is the storm that this is just another thing coming against me. TJ, you're very quiet. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about all of it because you know, the storms are coming, but the storms are also what bring green pastures. Absolutely. The storms are what no, brings, you know, uh, Growth. the, the, the water in the streams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we can hate the storm or we can grow through the storm. Mm-hmm. And, and all of these things are, are something that God wants to use to help us, you know, in thinking about the, the staff that it, it guides us, it, leads us, it Mm -hmm. uh, directs us, which a lot of times is what the local church is trying to do in your life. It's Mm -hmm. trying to look at areas that as a generalization, uh, at least from my perspective of what is going on in our culture and society that is getting us off and trying to bring some direction and some correction Mm -hmm. so that we can stay in, in the flock that the shepherd has for us. And yeah. you know, what's interesting is, is that a, a lot of people, and this is totally off basis of this, but a lot of people, when they don't like hearing what a pastor or even God says, they go, well, I'm going to go find a different mm. flock. The problem is, is the moment you walk away, you, you no longer have somebody with right. a rod or a staff there to protect you and lead you and guide you. And you wonder why you're getting sifted so much in life. And so one of the greatest things you could do is get planted in a house of God mm-hmm. where you have 
a community that is helping you through that. Just like we talked about uh, last weekend, you you need those other sheep around you because partly how you never get off is if you have everybody surrounding you on your left and your right and your front and your back, mm-hmm. you're never going to fall. And if you're never falling and if you're going with everybody else that's in that flock, somebody is leading and guiding that and yeah. protecting that group. Well, I think sometimes this might be a little bit off topic too, but sometimes we want to hear all the good things, but not the things that we need to fix or change. And when people start getting in those moments of correction, you know, of using that staff, it's like praise doesn't make us better. Critique makes us better. Yeah. You know, praise just makes us continue to do the same things that we're doing, but critique allows us to, to change in order to make ourselves better. And so I think that that staff aspect of correction, while it may hurt, while it may rub up against some things that are uncomfortable, it actually brings us to a better place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true with truth too. That's mm-hmm. what the church will give you truth, but people don't want the whole truth. They want the part of the truth. They want that, their truth. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what good. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think the staff is symbolic of the church. And I think the church is there to draw us back to God when we find ourselves lost or scared or in the sheep's case longing for meadow or stream Mm. and i think the church comforts which is what the promise of this passage is about oh that i like that i think that's really good too because there is a comfort when you come back when you come in community right when you're surrounded by people that are focused on the same things and that's good i tj there was a book that you recommended um Actually, I don't know if we've recommended it yet on the podcast, but it's a book that our staff read fairly recently, and it talks a lot about the rod and the staff and the 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 symbolism behind that, or the what's the right word? I don't know what the right word is, but what was the book that that you had recommended or you were thinking about recommending? Uh, it's slipping my mind right now, so I know you have it written down, so you can just say it. It's the shepherd. The way of the shepherd. The way of the shepherd. Yes. The way of the shepherd is a great book. It's a quick, short, like short read. It's a fast read. Yeah. But it's so good and so significant in, in understanding these kinds of things specifically and how the shepherd uses those to, to make our life protected, to make our life better. And so I would recommend that for all of you guys. And if you are walking through a dark season where it just seems like, man, everything in life is just cloudy and dark and it feels like everything is against me that you can't, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there is a comfort knowing that God is guiding, that he's directing, that he's protecting our life. And so just continue to move forward. Even though you're in the valley, he's walking through it with you. You know, something I, I've said a lot at church um, over the years is is if you're going to be a Christ follower, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, because the goal of all this is that we would look more and more like Jesus. Unfortunately, we have a sin nature. Yeah. So he's going to comfort us, but comfort comes through discipline. Mm-hmm. Comfort comes through correction. Mm-hmm. Why? Because working those things out makes us uncomfortable, but eventually we get the comfort of knowing God better. And that's the ultimate goal. I I think about uh, disciplining, when I was disciplined as a child, um, even when we disciplined Alexander, like Mm -hmm. it's painful in the moment for the parent to discipline the child. Mm -hmm. But every time we discipline him, what does he do? He actually gets closer to us. Yeah. 
like every time we would discipline Alexander, he would, he would then want to come and curl up in our lap mm -hmm. because there was something about the correction and, and turning it right. They actually drew him mm -hmm. closer to us. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about that as well. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't, I don't really fundamentally, you, you would think it would drive someone away, but as a child, it actually drives them closer. Why? Because everybody wants boundaries. Mm -hmm. Everybody naturally, they want to do the right things. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that we've stopped correcting wrong things. And therefore, when we get correction, we're like, whoa, yeah. we're not used to it mm -hmm. in a healthy environment. And we you, think they're against me yeah, or they're and, whatever. Yeah. The, the Bible says those whom he loves, he corrects. Yeah. He disciplines those yeah. he loves. And so- well, discipline, correction. Yeah. Thing, so, so you know. God, God in His love is trying to correct you so that you can be better. Yes. Uh, the church and their love for you is trying to correct some things so that you can be better and have a better relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Why? Because sin separates. Yep. And we forget that fact so much. Mm -hmm. Our sin separates us from God. Is the thing that blocks us from relationship with God. So, how do we begin to eradicate that? We got to rub off those those rough edges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's comfort in that. Yeah. So let's move into to verse five again. Did not write this one down. Melissa, you got it over there. <laughs> Somebody. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me, anoint um, honor me anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Mm. So you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. So there's there's a lot in that verse. What is you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? That just sounds a little crazy. What is what do you think that means? I I don't I don't even want to jump to that. Okay. I think I think that I look at this. Uh, I like to look at things from like a historical context. So when I started reading this verse, automatically started thinking about David's life. Again, this is happening. He writes all this at the end of his life. Mm -hmm. So I go back to that and I think about you prepare a feast for me. And, and it reminds me of when David was a boy, you know, Samuel, the prophet comes to town, to Bethlehem, mm -hmm. uh, to his father, Jesse, who he knows that God has told him that- This when, is when David was a shepherd. This is when David mm -hmm. was a shepherd. And uh, anytime I'm a prophet would have come to town. They would have thrown a huge feast because it was a big deal. This is the man of God, mm -hmm. the, the voice of God. They would have thrown a feast for him. And so there's a feast going on. And he tells Jesse, hey, bring me your sons. And he's looking for one of the sons to anoint. And so Jesse- well, he didn't even invite David at that point. No, no, no. Well, oh, let me sorry. get to that. <laughs> You're ruining this whole thing. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, so he brings out son by son, starting with the oldest, the best looking, the the brave, you know, just, just all the accolades and attributes. Yeah. And one by one, you know, God through Samuel is like, that's not the one, that's not the one, that's not the one. They get to the end. And he's like, hey, do you do you have any more kids? And it's almost like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one that's out there in the field that that nobody, nobody even thinks of or 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 knows about. And he's like, hey, I need to see that one. And he brings David to this feast that he was not invited to. Yeah. They left him in the field with the sheep. Mm -hmm. And he gets there and all of his brothers that are supposed to be his friends, all of a sudden, when he gets anointed as the next king, how, how many times you know that sometimes your friends become your enemies in a moment when you get something 
that they wanted that yeah. you now possess. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden he's getting that and he's getting this blessing of knowing that, man, he's God's chosen right. for the moment to lead the children of Israel in the future. And so mm -hmm. I, I look at this verse and I go, wow, it's almost like he's reflecting back and going, man, I was not even thought of and yet I get invited to this table. Yeah. And God get put something like on me, purpose. gives me this incredible purpose and it Anointing. equips me mm -hmm. for everything I need to do in the future, which I've done up to this point. Mm. And, and with that, you could continue that even on to the point where later on, his brothers are on the battlefield. His dad sends him with some, some cheese and bread and milk and stuff to go feed the brothers while he's still a shepherd. They're on the battlefield getting ready to fight this guy named Goliath. And when Goliath comes out, they all shiver in fear. Well, and they were even mocking David before that. Oh, like here comes a little shepherd boy, Yeah, you know? And and then this, this giant comes out, they all run scared. Mm -hmm. And David, because he knows who he is in God, he yeah. knows what God has called him to, says to everybody like, man, who is this Philistine that is defying yeah. Who is this pagan Philistine that's defying my God? Mm -hmm. Like, And he has no fear. And he has no, <laughs> no, fear, no fear whatsoever. Yeah. He went from, I'm forgotten out in the field to like, I mean, I'll I'm take on anybody. One. Yeah. Why? Because he's got, he's got this confidence that isn't from himself, but is actually from what God has called him to do. And I, I, I think that's so good because God does bring us to this place of purpose. You know what? What I think is kind of crazy about this verse is it feels like there's a transition happening in Psalm 23 where we're moving from like talking about sheep and shepherding to now, like since when did sheep sit at a table and have a drinking from a cup? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels like there's a transition that's happening in this verse and there's almost like this transition of purpose. Like I've, I've prepared you, I've taken care of you. I've equipped you. I've, you know, walked with you. I've done all of these things. And now I'm going to prepare you to actually walk in these things. Yeah. And so it's a maturity, a yeah. maturity of growing up from yeah. sheep to human. Yeah. And, and God going, man, I, you are capable. Like I've given you all of these things. I've equipped you with all of these things. I was reading something that where it's actually talking about the the anointing in this verse, I will anoint your head with oil. That that word in the Hebrew, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, but it actually means to fatten, to make healthy, or to make fresh. And so it's actually, I don't know, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, what were we talking about in this? He's going to fatten our head. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a fat head. Well, I, I think, I think what, what we are talking a lot about is, is that there is a process. And we talked about this last week mm -hmm. uh, over the weekend that yeah. there is a process that God is taking you to, to a restoration, but there's a process God is taking to you to in life. And so maturity. when you yeah. first find a relationship with God, there is a lot of him having to feed you mm -hmm. and clothe and take, there's a lot of, just like when you're a baby, right. you're, you're a mom, Melissa, when, right. when so you're, when you're kids, them, we take care of them a bit along the way we teach them how to mm. do it for themselves so that eventually they can go off on their own and do it for yeah. themselves. They're sitting it's, at the table with their own sitting, cup yes. and their own. Yeah. 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 You're not taking them to a stream where the water's coming out for them. Now they're having to pick up the cup and get the and water for themselves. The water. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is part of the, the growth of 
of maturity in mm-hmm. your faith is when everybody is not doing everything for you. you the apostle Paul talked about it like, hey, you were babes and you needed milk. Mm-hmm. But now you need to start eating some meat, which means that you're going to have to learn how to cut. Yeah. You're going to have to learn how to stick it on a fork and put it in your Even mouth. Even in the church, we don't come just on Sunday. Then we go home and we do things for ourselves. We look through the Bible. We read it. We mm-hmm. soap it. We, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So you're maturing us as well through yeah. the church. Well, and I, I, to go back to the, the, that word to, to fat and to make healthy, we were talking about what fat does yeah. for us. It, you shared fat, a little bit. Fat's an important element. I know a lot about fat because I've got a lot of it around <laughs> my waist, but if you think if you think about fat, what is what does it do? It, it'll keep you warm when it's cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an element to that, but also when you're going through desolate times, like if you're in a season where you don't have enough, what does fat do? It's had stored. It's stored. Mm-hmm. It's stored resources. Yeah. So so if you don't eat for the next forty days. Let's get fat. Yeah. Like TJ didn't eat for 40 days. <laughs> yeah. You, like you, you get stored resources that will sustain you mm-hmm. in those in seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's there are aspects of not only our personal lives, but there's aspects of our faith that, that we're going to go through difficult times. And it's those things that have stored up in the maturity process yeah. that sustain us through it. Yeah. And the one thing about oil all throughout the, the scripture is it's always a representation of the Holy Spirit. And every time you look at oil in containers, um, there was always enough oil. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't enough container to hold it. Yeah. And so the the goal for our life is how do we become the biggest vessel we can be to hold everything that God has for us? And the only way we can do that is by growing. Mm-hmm. It's by developing. It's by maturing. Mm-hmm. Um when I think some of this is like you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You know, I think up until this point, you know, the shepherd has, and and I think we're going to talk about a little bit of this in, in the verse that follows verse five, but, um, in the, God has fought all of these things off as our good shepherd. And there's a, I feel like this, there's this transition happening that goes, you have the ability to fight. Mm -hmm. Like I've given you all of the tools and the resources and I will be there beside you. But I've given you at this point, I've given you everything that you need to fight this battle, to walk this journey. So you may be surrounded by all of these things, but because of this journey and because of your maturity, I now have given you the fat that is going to sustain you, that's going to protect you, that's going to resource you to be able to continue to walk this journey. Yeah. And so I, th- I thought that was really, really interesting. You guys have any other thoughts on verse five? I just, um, I-, I thought with the enemies is the the point not to get focused on your enemies. You focus on the feast because mm. the enemies will distract you. All of your mm. problems will distract yep. you. But when you focus on the feast, when you focus on God, your vision becomes clearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's true. What you, what you focus on, you make bigger. Well, what you focus on, you're feeding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. And we want more fat. And we want more fat. And so we better stay at the table, Gosh. not get away from it. <laughs> there would be people that say, no, you don't want more fat, but. 
This is not from a health conscious standpoint. This is from a we're life. Staying, we're staying like for that. dessert. Mm, yeah. right? We're staying for dessert. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who, does, just yet to come. who doesn't like like a, a, a st- you, when you eat a steak, you want the some fat, fat on it. That's where the flavor the is. It's where the flavor when is. When I see people cutting the fat off, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Can I have that? <laughs> Give me your anointing. Those are making me hungry. <laughs> All right. Verse six. Let's go into verse six. This, this one, actually, when we were talking through this before the podcast, it's pretty awesome. I think how Psalm 23 closes out and what it brings to our life in, in the close of that. So let's, let's go ahead and and read what that is. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. Amen. I added the amen. I love that verse. I remember that probably more than I do a lot of other. Yeah, it's like one of those ones that you kind of mm-hmm. memor. You've heard it so much that you know. But Melissa, there was something that you you brought out as we were talking through this in the beginning, and that's the like it starts off with the word surely. It's not oh, surely a- in a funny way. We were like, who's <laughs> yes. surely? Yes. I, it, it's a confident word. It's a boasting word. It's it's um. It means undoubtedly, certainly doubtless, you know, he's yeah. for sure that goodness and love are going to follow him. So and just to have that kind of confidence. Yes. And I, I think that confidence comes because, again, this is maturity in the relationship, right? He's brought us this far. We've moved from being this these sheep to now sitting at this table and being able to walk in confidence. And so it's like this slow transition that now he's he's saying like in confidence, you can believe this because of the maturity, because of what you've learned, because of what you've seen, because of your experience. Because of who God is. Because of who he is. He knows who he is. Yes. Right. There's like this, this confidence that comes with that. So surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And here's a, Melissa was telling a little bit about the word follow for herself and some um, thoughts she had on that. So Melissa, I'd love for you to share some, some of those. I think we were talking about the um, expectation of knowing that someone will be there for you if they, so, so for mine, I have this dog named Marley and (laughs) he's my stalker. I mean, I know you call him a Velcro dog, but no, he's a stalker. Like every time I turn around, he's there and he's not even like five feet behind me. He's like right on my, (laughs) on my heel. Um, so I just, you know, at home anyway, I just know he's going to be there. Every time I turn around, I'm careful when I turn around, Mm -hmm. I'm careful when I'm carrying something because I know he's there. Yeah. Um, because he's always been, he's always been there. Mm -hmm. So, right. So the expectation that is there is proved, um, by Mm. the fact that he is always my experience experience has dictated to expect him. Mm -hmm. And I think it is the same with God. The more he shows up and shows off in your life, you expect him to be there. Yeah. The more you know him, the more you expect him because he's always there. Mm -hmm. And knowing that those things, that, that surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And there's, there's an expectancy on both sides of that. There's a confident expectation almost that, that we're going to walk in those things because of what he's done and where he's been and how he's led us. Um, that's, that's interesting. What else, what else kind of stood out to you guys in that verse? I thought the, I will dwell, um, is, is an important aspect because it's a, it, it speaks a lot to, one, the, the promise of ultimately salvation, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's the ultimate promise. All of all of these verses two through six are are all basically promises that God gives you when you understand that he is the good shepherd in your life. And when you are allowing him to be the good shepherd in your life, the the ultimate the ultimate goal is that we end up in heaven, right? But mm-hmm. but the flip side of that is is that we can actually have heaven on earth, like because God is living inside of us and He is dwelling with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's us recognizing that He is with us and that He is dwelling, that we are actually His house mm-hmm. here on this earth, and that He is dwelling right there with us. And so, if He's with us, then you know what else is with us? Goodness mercy, like Mm -hmm. all of those, it's a package deal. Like Mm -hmm. you don't get God without goodness and mercy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so when you understand that, all of a sudden it gives you so much more confidence in him that that is going to be the outcome, no matter what is going on, that there's going to be something good and that his mercy is going to show through, his grace is going to show through at at the end of the day. And so I have to trust in that, but it's, it's also, man, I've got to make that a priority that, that I am dwelling with God, that I am, Mm -hmm. I am doing life with him. I am looking for him and, and I can see him in every single aspect of my life because we're together. That's what dwelling is. Is like, it's a place where that's where we're together. Mm -hmm. Well, it's surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Melissa, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that we were talking about a story about ex, just expecting oh, all, to see God in right. all of the, you know, different places. And I thought that was, right. was so I good think, what you were saying. Um, through, through hard times, when we hit those hard times, um, I, I know for myself, a lot of times you're like, God, where are you? I don't, I don't see you anywhere. Yeah. And so sometimes just building, building on that, um, you know, I, I went through this time when I, I would, just as kind of an experiment, I guess it was, but <laughs> on my iPhone set up alarms to go off throughout the day. And then when it would go off to look around to notice God in, mm. in different places, like at Walmart or in the park, wherever I happen Where to be at the time. Where do you see God at Walmart? Right. I mean, I, I, I do. And a mom that was talking to a little mm. child that was holding her hand. Um, it, it's in simple, simple things like that. Like we expect to see God so big, but it's really like the little things. Like yeah. when you're in line at Walmart, when you're at the park, when you're wherever, just doing life. Yeah. Um, so that taught me to, to a start looking for him, to start seeing him mm-hmm. with the different eyes instead mm-hmm. of, you know, where are you? Where are you? He's there. He's there all the time. Yeah. You just have to look for him with a, with a different set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have this different expectation when you're when you're looking for it. I was saying, you know, it's kind of like when when you get a new car and it's a s- specific brand and you didn't see very many before, but as soon as you buy the car, you're like you see them everywhere. You know, because you have a different awareness of it. And I think that's the same of God. He will follow me all the days of of my life and I will dwell in the house for the of the Lord forever. It's like this expectation and this looking for and this awareness that he is constantly there, but I think a lot of us just kind of go through life and we haven't got to that maturity place where we can see God and everything. We have this confident expectation that surely he is there, that surely there is goodness. Even when I can't see it, even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even when I'm in the presence of my enemies, you know, that surely, surely goodness and mercy is there. Let me look for it. Right. Where the heck is it? God, I know you're present. Yeah. And in the following too, I think that God expects us to mm. make the first step, you know, to look for him to, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause it's his goodness and mercy will follow. Yeah. So. Yep. We, I mean, you think 
It's the faith element of all right. Of this. Yeah. Right. Well, and then the following, sometimes you think, well, up, up until this point, I think the shepherd has been leading and now it's saying, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me. And so there's an element to where, again, that maturity has happened. You've sat at the table. Now you're getting up and you're moving forward, but God is still with you and God is still present. It's like, you know, a parent that's trying to get a child to to do something to experience. No, like we went to the park with Alexander the other day and um, he was a little bit scared to go down the slide. And so, you know, you put them on the slide and you say, no, I'll be right behind you, but you need them to go first. You need them to experience, you need them to gain confidence. But there is also a confidence that they have because I know that you're right behind me, that you'll catch me when I'm, when I'm going to fall, that you're watching, that you're, you know, and, and, and I, I was thinking of something similar, like when you teach your child to ride a bike, mm-hmm. you're right by them. You're actually in, start in front of them and then to the side. And then pretty soon they get confident and you're back you're running your legs off like behind mm-hmm. them in case <laughs> they fall. It's sometimes you're not going to be there. Sometimes they fall, mm-hmm. but you are right behind them to pick them up. Mm-hmm. But you need them to experience it and to continue to mature. Right. So that they can it's gain mature. Right. Mm-hmm. So that they can gain confidence. Yeah. So we're no longer sheep. We're no longer sheep, <laughs> although we probably are. We probably yeah. there, are. There, I think there's aspects of our life that we're sheep and there's aspects that we're sitting at the table. Yeah. Yes. But it's so interesting now that we've like kind of talked through this whole thing. I see Psalm 23 in a totally different way. Even today, as we've been talking through about that transition, you know, of, of how God means and the maturity that comes just in this process of six verses, six verses about how we went from, you know, these sheep that God's doing everything for to now like this equipping and preparing and this confidence and this maturing to God that's like, you got this, you got this. So any, any final thoughts? Crickets again. Just thinking about (laughs) fat. Fat. (laughs) We're going back to the fat. Oh gosh. Okay. I want to give some, some final, um, we wrote down some, some resources as we always do. I think there's some good resources. The way of the shepherd, we go back to, um, a shepherd's guide to Psalm 23 is one that, that TJ mentioned. And then Melissa, there was, um, the promise. Yeah. The promise Bible. Right. So this is a Bible I found. Um, actually, I just it was at a used bookstore for 25 cents. But it's called <laughs> but it is the actual Bible. Uh, it's called the Promise Bible. So it's it's the Bible, the NIV version. Uh, is it the NIV or NLT? NLT? It is the NLT. Um, but in the beginning of it, it goes through and it lists God's promises and then gives, you know, a page of explanation of every one of them. And then when you're into the Bible, each page it'll highlight where God's promises mm. are. And then on the side, it'll list what it is. This is the promise of comfort. This is the promise of provision. Anyway, wow. it's just a neat way to go through the Bible when you're looking for God's promises. Yeah. Like like when I first do it, I'm like, how many can there be? Mm-hmm. Gosh, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and we've been talking a lot about God's word and how it gives distraction, whether it be through the rod or, you know, that he's provided all of those things in the the promise of God's word that we can have confidence in. So when we read through stuff like that, I think it's so filling and refreshing to see those things like highlighted on the page. Oh, absolutely. As you, because it did for me. As yes. you're reading through, it doesn't have 
if there's any promises, doesn't ha- doesn't it have it like highlighted? Yeah, as it has it highlighted, and then on the side of the page, it'll tell you exactly what what the promise is mm. of that passage. That could, so, so look for it in your local used bookstore for twenty five cents. It may be on Amazon. I it don't know. Is, I, I just actually, happened. To, did you find after it after you talk? You yeah. told me about it. I actually uh-huh. went and got one. And I got it used too, but mine okay. was probably a dollar twenty five. All the twenty five cent ones were gone. I know. <laughs> well, um, we just want to thank you guys again so much for for tuning in, for hanging out with us for this bonus episode where we can just kind of finish out this series on Psalm 23. We're starting a brand new series this next weekend called Voices. You're not going to want to miss it. And we have a special podcast guest next week that you guys are going to love that you're going to hear more about, but you'll have to wait and see who that is. So tune in next week. You guys have an amazing week. Take care.